all my survivors, to all my warriors out there. What's going on? This is Coach Cookie, your life and relationship coach. If this is your first time listening in, thank you so much for joining me today. If you like what you hear, please give the podcast a like, comment, and don't forget to share with your family and friends. To my regular listeners out there, welcome back, and I want you to know that you're greatly appreciated. Here at Rising Higher, I'm going to give you some snippets for success to not only help you to survive, but to help you thrive. Now, in today's episode, I want to let you guys know about the power of not doing so much talking. But before we do that, let's talk about the high points from last week's episode called Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers. In this episode, I discuss how the daughter longed for the mother's emotional presence but the narcissistic mother is not able to see or understand that her daughter is worthy of love. And this is mainly because the narcissistic mother doesn't have the ability to be a parent. We discuss in detail the characteristics of how the narcissistic mother treats her daughter and how the abuse carries over in the child's adulthood and affects not only her, but all of her relationships. If this sounds like something you need to learn more about, check out the entire episode. Again, it's called Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers. So today on Cookie's Commentary, I want to talk briefly about the importance of improving the relationship with yourself. So often we focus on improving relationships with other people, such as co-workers, our bosses, our spouse, or even our children. But it makes it really difficult to improve the relationship with others if you don't improve the relationship with yourself. In order to accomplish this, you need to become your best friend because how you treat yourself tells others how you expect to be treated. Having this type of relationship with yourself, you are secure about who you are and this reduces fears of abandonment and and rejection. When you take care of yourself and someone talks negative about you or they leave you and abandon you, you just simply look in the mirror and think to yourself and you'll say, I'm good enough for me and I don't need anyone else. You keep your head up and you just keep going. This is how you need to respond to abandonment in your life or negativity in your life because you have to remember that you are responsible for your own happiness. Being your own best friend always helps to keep you in check so you won't get worn down while being available for others. It's a good idea to consistently check in with yourself to determine the best course of action so you can be on top of your game when you're trying to take care of others. This is important because you want to be the best for your family, your friends, and of course your job. Improving your self relationship helps you become mindful of your strengths and silence that inner critic. You know, that inner critic, that inner critic could be that inner child or those negative voices that you've had to deal with from your childhood abuse. Becoming a friend to yourself will help you deal with these inner critics and shut them down. Having a positive relationship with yourself models for others, including your children, and lets them become aware of what good self-care looks like. People look to you to be an example for others 
and what they need to do to be happy, to be energized and to be available. I want you guys to think about how you treat yourself and think about if you're really taking care of yourself physically and emotionally. Do you feel like you have created a self environment that others would feel comfortable being in, being in or being around? Then ask yourself, how do you want to be treated? Once you answer those questions, become that friend to yourself that you want others to be to you. Remember, we attract who we are. Anyone out there, if you're struggling with your self-esteem and confidence, we may need to talk. Go to my website, risinghigherlife.com, and schedule a free one-hour consultation to see if you could benefit from one-on-one counseling. Okay, now I'm on my favorite part of the show where I get to answer your questions about things that you are concerned about. And today I have a question from a female who wanted to remain anonymous. She says, hey, Coach Cookie, I have been dating this man for the past two years. It seems like he has potential to be a husband. How will I know when he is ready? (laughs) This is really a great question. And believe it or not, I get this question a lot. This is going to be a two-part answer. So first off, let's talk about the potential which basically means that he's not everything that you want him to be right now. But if I work with him, he might change. Okay, don't do that. Don't date or don't marry potential. If you can accept him right right now for who he is, then don't marry him. You need to accept this as who he really is because what if you marry him and he doesn't change? And this is for everyone to think about. I need for you to think about and realize that it's not your job to change anyone. They are who they are. And if they are going to change, they're going to change on their own if they want to or if they choose to. That's not anything you have anything to do with. Okay, so don't marry them with the idea of thinking that they're going to that you can change them because you're going to be upset if they don't change. Okay, now for the second half of the answer, if you can get over the first half and accept him for who he is, then you'll know when he's ready, when he has a vision to be your wife. You're going to know by his actions, when he gets that vision, he's going to pursue you. He's going to pursue you and he's going to pursue you consistently. And while he's doing that, he's getting everything ready for you. I hope you. that helps you guys he's out. Buy a home. He's remember, gonna have a place for you guys don't to try live. to do anything with potential. He's gonna have the transportation. Um, he's if gonna make sure your job is the way secure. he is. Then leave in that the process, alone. he's gonna make okay. sure you're taken so care of. So now, emotionally safe. With that being said, um, let's you get know, into the main topic. He for has the your day. back, and he's gonna make sure that Let you're gonna be happy. Saying that he's gonna be sure he can have a conversation situation in the first place, and. Uh, he, Let's he's think about Remember to your when he first met he's the gonna own up to his fault and of what you he's going to be responsible to determine. Now, when he gets on this level, for this when you know that he is serious and he wants to be a now, husband. This is very deep, so I want he's you ready to follow me this. The narcissist probably got you trapped into telling your entire life story after they told you their fake life story. So you felt sorry for them, so you went up and you went on and told your story. So what happened is that when you got caught up in that game, the narcissist listened to your problems and based on the information they have, they recognized that you had a lot of holes or voids in your life, which made you the perfect fit for them to play their mind games and to abuse. 
All of a sudden, they became a professional actor or actress and mirrored back what you are missing in an attempt to fill those voids. This is how the narcissist ends up appearing to be the perfect partner in the beginning of the relationship. So let's be careful and keep in mind, talking too much is what gets us in these abusive, toxic situations to begin with. First off, let me emphasize the importance of not rushing to get back on date on the dating scene until you have healed. But once you get back out there and start dating again, the key is to stop talking about your personal hurt and pain. Your conversation should be basic topics that can't be used against you later, like your favorite movie or a book that you read, um, your favorite dinner, your favorite food, your favorite recipe. While you're talking and the person that you're talking to just so happens to be a toxic narcissist, they can't survive off of basic non-emotional topics. So they will leave and find someone else that they that will validate them and that they can abuse. So when you meet a real man or woman that is healthy, they will stick around to continue to visit and talk with you, even with basic non-emotional conversations. Why? Because they don't need to be validated because they are confident and secure within themselves. As you continue to heal and work on yourself, you'll be able to easily identify the difference very quickly. Now, the second part of us talking too much is when we get caught up in a relationship with a narcissist or we have to deal with toxic people for whatever reason. I need to let all my listeners out there know that talking too much causes more drama and abuse. Let's take some time and think about this and look at this a little bit closer. For a lot of us, we were stuck in a toxic, abusive relationship for quite a while. And we all know that abuse is about having power over someone. Abusers typically want to feel superior and they have to be in control and dominate. They are self-centered, impatient, unreasonable. They're insensitive, unforgiving. They lack empathy and they're often jealous. Their insecurity, shame, and rage from their childhood drives them to behave the way that they do. With that being said, you can imagine that when it comes to communication, it's, it's not about them being compassionate and understanding. It's about shifting blame to their loved ones and co-workers so they can always have the upper hand. One of the common mistakes that escalate abuse when dealing with the narcissist, simply put, is your emotional reactions and you trying to prove your point. What it boils down to is that you're talking too much. Victims will often argue and debate because they desperately want to be understood and the victim has a desire to seek the abuser, the abuser's approval and they make the mistake by believing or hoping that the abuser is interested in understanding them. Okay, let me get you guys back into reality. The reality is, is that the motive of the abuser is to have power over you. So explaining and defending yourself sends the message to the narcissist that they have the power over your self-esteem and they have the right to approve or disapprove you. That's really sad, but that's how their minds think. Yes, I hate to tell you that the abuser is only interested in winning a conflict and having the superior position. So in essence, 
arguing over the facts is irrelevant because abusers aren't interested in the facts. They are interested in justifying their position and being right. So when you are wrongly blamed or attacked, trying to defend and explain yourself leads to verbal alter altercations. Nothing is gained. And as the anger escalates, so does the abuse and the victim ends up feeling more victimized, hurt and hopeless. To all my listeners out there, I need for you to think and come to terms with what and who you are dealing with and realize that the narcissist can't deal with being questioned or criticized because they are insecure and very fragile. In order to stay in control over their victims, the narcissist will play mind games and confuse and upset them just to get a response so they can get the supply or the energy from you. The reality is that the victims of abuse make the mistake by opening up their mouths to respond with an emotional verbal reaction to try to prove their point, which in returns escalates the problem, makes the narcissist angry, they react with rage, they become vindictive, which makes the abuse worse than it was before and the victim is hurt all over again. To all my listeners out there, take my word for this one. I've been there, done this one. When dealing with the narcissist, it's best not to respond to what they are saying and are telling you. Simply just look at them and don't let on like you're upset or that you care about anything that they're saying. Your response should not show any emotions. And if you have to say anything, if you have to answer, it should be short statements like, okay, great, that's awesome. I don't know, followed by complete silence. Your silence puts you in control over his attempts to try to get you to respond to his foolishness. It's time to stop doing so much talking so you can take all of your power back. When you get to the point that what they are saying does not affect you and they see that you are not upset or emotional, they are forced to find another victim to provide them with their source of supply. I pray that something on this show today resonates with someone today. For any of my listeners out there who are struggling and you have a difficult time accepting that what you're going through is actually abuse, we may need to talk. Go to my calendar on my website at risinghigherlife.com to schedule your free one-hour consultation to determine if you could benefit from one-on-one -on -one coaching. To all my listeners out there, if no one has told you today, I love you and I'm sending you all a big hug. Be blessed and I'll talk to you soon.